Welcome to Embrace the Musica, where we're going to dig into the raw, vulnerable, tough, and beautiful pieces of this journey called life. I'm Dominique Dines, who at the age of 21 moved abroad to Mexico to start teaching after growing up in a small town in Minnesota. My husband is from Peru, and we met salsa dancing 10 years ago in Guadalajara, Mexico. Here we are today raising two lovely tricultural kids. We speak more Spanish than English in our home and do a lot of salsa dancing in the kitchen. Embrace the Musica is going to be a place where we talk about what it's like being married to someone from a completely different culture, living in a place that neither of us grew up in, being a working mom, constantly fighting or accepting cultural norms, and all the things that keep us afloat, which includes a lot of heart and humility. So let's embrace the Musica today. Welcome everybody to episode 37 of Embrace the Musica. Hard to believe that here we are in December 2020. (laughs) What a crazy ride this year has been. As we've talked about on the podcast so many times this year, in 2020, we were all forced to slow down whether we like it or not. The pandemic had us in our homes, in quarantine, maybe on and off. Maybe you've been strictly at home depending on your family's health. Maybe you've had to work, depending on your family's economic situation. And our time has probably been spent differently than it would have been in previous years. I know that I posted about this on social media or on the blog, just about how different, for example, the month of October looked for us this year. In the past, I specifically remember October 2019 The week of Halloween, we had like 11 Halloween parties to attend. This year, obviously, on the other hand, we had no Halloween parties to attend. And while that might be an extreme comparison of nothing to 11 parties, it was kind of a relief or like this obligation taken off our shoulders, no? And I know that people have been all over the place as far as mental health goes whether you're enjoying this like the solitary time or maybe you're missing friends and family i know for so many of us living abroad this year has been hard it's been a test because we can't travel to see our family like we might want to especially for the holidays and just being aware of how things make us feel and being able to take a break from a lot of the extra noise or distraction for me It's definitely been refreshing. This past week, I actually made an intentional decision to take a break from Instagram. I completely deleted the app on my phone. I didn't delete my account, but I simply took it off my phone to give myself a mental break and to get some time back in my day. You see, I don't know about you, about your relationship with certain apps on your phone, But I know about me and I know about how much time or mental energy I would use to think of captions when I would take a certain photo or think about the layout and the colors and all the things that were going into a simple post. And ultimately, I also recognize how I have been feeling using the app recently. I don't know how often other people do this, but I know that I don't do it enough. I don't take the time for an emotional temperature check with how things are actually making me feel. My tendency is to keep checking things off my list and getting things done, but not really allowing myself to feel or just be in the moment. 
And I've recognized, thanks to a number of things that I've been changing in my own life, as I'm trying to be hyper aware of how things make me feel and allowing myself to feel those things or even recognize the feeling. For example, I know I'm not the only one struggling with this, as there are so many studies that talk about the correlation of the amount of time you're using your smartphone and the increase in anxiety or depression, as these tools that were created for good ultimately are making us feel worse in so many ways. And apps like Instagram in my case, or maybe Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest or even the news in your case, even though they can be informative and helpful in so many ways, they are double-sided. You may or may not have seen the recent movie Social Dilemma, it's on Netflix, in which the creators of these apps and certain features, such as the like button, talk about the monster they unknowingly unleashed into humanity and how that single like button is causing severe, severe issues specifically for younger users. But it honestly, it affects all of us. Our psyches have been retrained and in the world of seeking immediate gratification, we want the likes and the comments and all of that that the app gives us or feeds our brain. So being completely transparent, as I tend to be on the podcast and blog, I had a moment this week when I thought, you know what? I do not like how I am feeling after I'm scrolling Instagram. I don't like that I'm feeling sad after I put my heart into a caption or share something vulnerable and people aren't double tapping it to like it. I feel sad or defeated after then looking at somebody else's account and comparing myself. I waste so much time scrolling Instagram between my Zoom meetings that it's an unconscious habit, but it's constant noise and this need to share or be real with those around me despite a lack of response. And I don't know if that is resonating with anybody listening today. And for you, it may not be Instagram. There may be something else in your own life that you could let go of. And to be fair, I know that I won't let go of Instagram forever, at least not yet, because as an entrepreneur, it really is a great platform and it's a place to share the new projects I'm working on, or even for this podcast, it's a great way to share content and episodes with listeners. It truly is an effective social marketing tool. And in my case, living abroad with no family members in a 1500 kilometer or nearly a thousand mile radius, (laughs) It's a beautiful way to share photos of my family and our adventures living abroad. So I'm not saying all this to say that I don't appreciate the beautiful side of Instagram. I do, and I love seeing what other people are up to as well. As a somewhat late adopter of Instagram, since honestly, I had always used Facebook since moving to Spain in 2005, I remember just a couple years ago being at a work conference with my friend Jess shortly after I'd finally joined the gram. (laughs) She was scrolling her site or her feed and she was laughing and smiling at all the pictures and she said, I love Instagram. I don't even read the captions all the time, but Dom, if you post something, I'm gonna like it because I love you and you're my friend. And that mentality is how I feel using Instagram as well. I know that algorithm is a hot topic between entrepreneurs all the time and people are complaining that it doesn't work for them or that it favors people using reels nonstop right now, etc. <laughs> but my core being believes that there's so much good in this world. There is enough love to go around all the time. 
and I may not see everything my friends post, especially now that I don't even have the app on my phone, but I do know that we're here to support one another and so much of who I am is found in empowering, loving, and inspiring others. And so yes, I have talked this out in therapy as I do. Side note, therapy is seriously so helpful if you've never tried it because you just get to talk. Someone listens to you and they ask you the hard questions without any bias that we often don't ask ourselves because we don't want to see the ugly parts of ourselves. But anyways, as I was talking this out in therapy over the last few months, coming to terms with certain relationships and trying to understand why people do or don't respond the same way I do as I know they love me, they've seen my posts, but they never like them or they don't comment when I do on theirs. That's okay. It's accepting that just because we put something out there and just because we believe one way, we can accept that other people act or believe differently. This may all sound very trivial or even a bit meta as I'm talking this out. And this may not even be applicable to the listeners of Embrace La Musica. But since the beginning, I've promised myself and this audience that I will be honest and genuine about what I'm learning these days. And to be quite honest, there are times I feel like giving up or letting go of these dreams as I do hear the negative or sarcastic comments or I can see the rolling of the eyes of people in my life, family and friends who don't understand why I have a podcast or a blog or why I want to coach other women along their journeys. But you know what? These people... critiquing me, they haven't taken the same risks that I'm trying in their own life. And nearly every week, I get a DM or a WhatsApp message from a woman who listened to one of these episodes on Embrace the Musica, whether it was the one about our first tough year of parenting, about my eating disorders, about being let go from a job, about raising kids or putting too much pressure on our kids, about struggling with family who have different political views than our own. So many different episodes and so many women reaching out and saying thank you because they feel like someone understands their struggles. And at the end of the day, that's what keeps me going as I prepare another episode just like today's. So many of us struggle with placing our worth on other people's approval of our decisions or we try to do everything in our power to avoid disappointing other people, whether it's our parents, our friends, family, it could be anybody. And this has been, this has been something that I've always struggled with, and I talk about it on so many episodes. I'm not sure if it's my personality or my Enneagram number. Being a number three as an achiever, I place so much importance on achieving my goals and also on trying to avoid failure or disappointment from others. Here's another side note. If you are totally into the Enneagrams like I am, or if you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say Enneagram, you are totally invited to join EEA next month. EEA stands for Expat Entrepreneur Alliance. It's an amazing community of women, some living abroad here in Mexico, and honestly, some living in the States, but we're all women pursuing dreams and figuring out passions after having kids or after moving abroad or after pivoting during a pandemic. 
Uh, we have an author, an interior designer, a new mom, an artist, a few small business owners, a teacher, and more amazing women in the group this month. I am so inspired by these women. And you don't have to be living abroad or even consider yourself an entrepreneur to join. It's literally a personal development club and we all inspire each other. And next month, our guest expert is an Enneagram expert and coach. She literally coaches people for her full-time job on how to live their best lives based on their Enneagram or personality. I am so excited for January and would love to have you join us. So please reach out to me or find out more at DominicDines.com or email me at DominicDines at gmail.com and I would love to give you all the details if you're interested. But back to the episode today and the topic on hand, this idea, this need for approval. My amazing friend Emily shared an Instagram post with me a couple weeks ago that said, don't look to meet others' expectations if they haven't done what you want to do. And I totally resonated thinking, I don't need to be seeking approval from people who haven't done what I'm doing or who haven't walked this road. So many people who are successful and people I look up to in this women empowerment space or personal development space talk about the hard and sometimes lonely journey it is to get where they are today. It reminds me of one of my favorite Brene Brown quotes. Seriously, read her books if you haven't yet. But she says, if you're not in the arena also getting your ass kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. Amen. We do not need to be seeking to please others. We do not need approval from people who aren't also in the arena chasing their goals and making their dreams a reality. It's easy to be sarcastic and condescending of someone trying something new. But that's not what I feel like I'm called to, nor am I needing to listen to people who haven't walked this road either. Criticism? always rocks our boat. It's hard to hear people say something negative about our work. There are times and places for it, for sure. I know we all need feedback on what we're working on or doing. And I know that if I'm doing a presentation for work or with all the workshops I've done over the years, I know that when I'm looking at feedback or evaluations, the one negative line of feedback on that spreadsheet will always scream louder than the several positive lines or feedback. But that's part of our human nature to doubt ourselves and hone in on the criticism or the negativity. But as I'm realizing and becoming hyper aware of my own feelings, behaviors, and thoughts about certain comments or maybe lack of comments or lack of recognition on an Instagram post, for example, I realize that in so many ways, the same people who aren't supporting me in my dreams are the same people who are not stepping out of their own comfort zones. They're not taking risks. They're not trying something new. And just as I blogged about in March 2020 on my birthday, two weeks before our worlds were completely turned upside down, I talked about this idea that nobody else will make your dreams come true for you. Episode two of the podcast talks all about that and encourages all the listeners to keep dreaming. This past week, I gave a webinar to the women of EEA all about time management and habits. 
I gave the women five areas or strategies to improve time management and how we can truly make the most of our time, our precious and fleeting time. So often as I'm coaching women or talking with friends, I hear them say, and I know I'm guilty of saying this myself, if only I had more time, I would do, I would be, I would go, dot, dot, dot. You can finish that sentence yourself, I'm sure, as you think about your own life. And while prepping this webinar, I was encouraging all the women to track their time for a week. Like legit, write down everything you're doing to see how you're truly spending your time throughout the day. I've done this several times over the years as a self-exercise to see where I can improve how I'm spending my time and days. We know that thanks to studies, we all know that habits are formed in as little as 21 days. So. If we have made checking Instagram a habit between Zoom meetings, it quickly becomes a part of our everyday. And soon, we, we realize that we may be spending more time on the app than we intended to. And part of the webinar focused exactly on this, on our use of smartphones. Just as I mentioned social media being a blessing and a way to connect with people, our smartphones really are a blessing in so many ways. I can't imagine driving to a new location without my phone and Google Maps. I can't imagine having to invent recipes completely from scratch if they aren't in my cookbooks or being able to quickly look up substitutes online for, um, I don't know, whatever I'm trying to make, right? And how would I listen to all my audiobooks without my phone? How would I talk to my mom every week if I didn't have my phone or the apps that I use every day? Yes, I repeat, so much of our phones really are a blessing, but just as there's a negative side to social media and how it can make us feel, there's also a negative side to smartphone usage. In 2020, studies show that smartphone usage has gone up significantly, and honestly, I think it makes sense. In a world in which we are suddenly more isolated than ever thanks to a pandemic, people are looking for connection or distraction on their phone. In fact, one study shows that 20% of adults in 2020 stated that they would rather go without shoes for a week than go without their phone. What? <laughs> I don't know. You can think about that and answer that question yourself. Um, another study shows that 75% of adults use their phones while using the toilet. Uh, it's been shown that people unlock their cell phones an average of 150 times a day. They're all habits that people have formed with their phones. There are so many crazy stats that we could read about 2020 specifically. Yet, if we truly look at how we are spending our time, how often are we using our phones mindlessly and ultimately wasting time rather than getting the most out of our time? Some practical tips for smartphone usage that are helping me as I realize I want to be more present with my children and my family. I want less noise from my phone. I've turned off all my notifications. I've put a limit on Facebook and Instagram. As I said, technically I've deleted Instagram for the time being, but when it's on my phone, I limit the amount of time I can use it during the day. At 9 p.m., my phone goes to sleep, which means the phone goes gray and we all know it's no fun looking at a gray cell phone. 
if I'm working on a project during the day, I often put my phone on airplane mode so I don't get distracted or I charge it in a different room than where I'm working. Some of these things may seem extreme or even too much, but I truly encourage you to look at how you're spending your time. Track it if you need to. There's so many free apps or websites. And yes, I understand it's ironic to mention an app after I just encourage you to put your phone away. But truth be told, there are time tracking apps or websites like Toggle, Clockify, among many others. You can also just do as I did and track your time in a spreadsheet or just simply write it down. Just being aware and conscious of how you're spending your time is the first step. And I encourage you to be hyper aware of how you're feeling and how you're spending your time. It's made such a big difference in my life to allow myself to be rather than needing to do things all the time. If you have goals or dreams you're chasing or if you're working on making those a reality, so many, if not all the big dreams are a result of the tiny habits and ways we're spending our days. Changing a habit is hard. Yes, I understand that, but it's not impossible. We have the power to put the noise or the distractions aside to work on the bigger picture, whether you, ha whether you have the support of those around you or not. I encourage you this holiday season after a crazy year in which none of us could have predicted a pandemic and all the side effects that it's caused in our personal and professional lives, to truly take some time to reflect on your year, your goals, your habits, and how you feel about it all. That's what I'm doing over here. And as you know, I'm being vulnerable about it all. This podcast was simply an idea in January 2020. It came to life in March 2020. It's been so fun interviewing women, hearing their stories of overcoming struggles, trauma, chasing their dreams, thriving in different ways, running businesses, writing, raising kids, all the things. Like the women I've been able to interview are so inspiring. So thank you for being a part of Embrace the Musica. I'm excited for what's to come. If you're interested in connecting or even some coaching on your personal goals when it comes to your dreams, please reach out. I have loved getting to work with other women this year and helping them see their potential as well as the possibilities when it comes to their future and being their number one fan along the way. 2020 has been a lot in so many ways. Remember what Mark Twain and many others have told us about our dreams. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. If you enjoyed today's episode and if you were encouraged by the message, I would love to hear from you. Please subscribe, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, take a screenshot and post it to Instagram and tag me so that we can keep growing together. And until next time, with heart and humility, embrace la musica. <laughs>